It's one of the tech world's longest established and most recognisable names. Responsible for powering technology across the globe. From laptops to desktops to mainframes. And then there's this. Yes, we're talking about Intel. Since 1989, Intel has had a home here in Ireland, employing thousands of people from Ireland and further abroad. And while its technology can speak for itself, this podcast is about Intel's people. Mechanical technicians, electrical engineers, photonic scientists. They're a diverse and fascinating group. We'll find out what drives them, what life at Intel is actually like, and just how they came to work with one of the most consistently innovative companies in the world. I'm Anna Geary. Welcome to the Intel Insider. I'm joined today by Sarah Nirojik, a network software engineer at Intel who has a passion for travel. Hi Sarah, welcome to the Intel Insider. Hi Anna, thanks so much. And how has everything been for you over the last number of months? Uh, I'd say it was pretty hard at first, um, but we're into the second lockdown now, so I've got a daily routine going. And yeah, just as long as I get my tasks in, I'm set for the day. Let's jump a little bit into your career. So you're 24 years old. You're a software engineer at Intel. What would 12-year-old Sarah think of that? That's a brilliant question. Uh, I think I'd be quite surprised. Um, I'm not too sure if I even knew what a software engineer's role would be at that stage. Mm -hmm. Thinking back, I probably would have um, associated it with problem solving because that's really what it comes down to. Um, but in terms of the company name, I definitely would have realized that it's something to do with microprocessors or else um, PCs in general. And was the world of tech and science something that you've always been interested in growing up? Yes. So uh, my family member is actually an engineer. So that's kind of what got me thinking about engineering in the first place. So it's not something that I wouldn't have been completely, you know, um, unaware of. What I would love you to do for listeners is to tell us what you think a software engineer is, because there is the definitions out there in the technical language. But how do you see your role on a day to day basis? Yes. So um, that's definitely true. So I think to break it down, an engineer would be a person who solves problems. Mm -hmm. So complex problems or even simple ones. It's just daily challenges that you encounter in your day to day job. So problem solving is something that you've mentioned a few times. Were you always a problem solver, like even growing up as a child? Or were you more of a problem causer? (laughs) <laughs> that's a very good one no I was definitely a problem solver I used um, I used to get those little jigsaw puzzles for Christmas mm-hmm. so that was brilliant um, they really made you think and it was just the pure desperation of trying to get it working we're in the middle of a pandemic you know we're, we're all I suppose missing that, that connection with people now more than ever do you see the importance of the team role Oh, definitely. I mean, meeting up with my team was, is quite easy even nowadays just because we have daily calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so teamwork is definitely very important. Um, even in our usual sprint, we'd have, you know, a daily stand-up call. So that's every single day or we'd have a sprint planning session at the start of the sprint. So that's our group meeting. But what's more important is the one-to-one calls, just to catch up with someone. Since when we were back in the office, you'd bump in somebody mm-hmm. getting coffee And that's way harder these days. Like, it's just not something that you'd think of back before COVID. Mm -hmm. But now you have to make the effort to actually, you know, catch up with someone. And yeah, it makes the day so much more enjoyable. Yeah, we're definitely encouraged to do that. 
And that's a wonderful, just that support structure, I think, that we've often taken for granted that now we know like the, the value that we should be placing on that. Is that something that's really at the forefront in the workplace? It is, yeah. We're encouraged to, you know, just... I am someone and just get in touch with them mm-hmm. or even what I really liked about the, um, the latest update was that we used to have meetings that were an hour long and mm-hmm. you know it's it's different working in an office you can just get up from your desk and go get a coffee with somebody else and it's fine because you can see people arriving at the right time but when you're working from home you don't really want to do that you don't want to say you know be right back in five minutes or something mm-hmm. so what they do is they actually start the meetings a bit later um, where you know encouraged to schedule them for 10 past or five past and that kind of gets you the extra time that you need to just maybe get up from your desk do a little walk or else you know just grab a coffee or tea so hang on a second now you're in Kerry at the moment now I do believe you grew up in Cork now Cork people don't like to openly admit that they go back to Kerry for anything such as the rivalry that we have in sport with Kerry even though it is a beautiful part of the country and me as a Cork person I can attest to that let's talk a little bit about that actually growing up in Cork you moved from Poland when you were young how did you find that transition? I think everybody was really, really welcoming. Um, I had no issues at all. I think I was really lucky in the sense that my primary school best friend wanted to be a school teacher when she grew up. Oh. So I guess a shout out to Mary Quill. <laughs> um, but she was very good. Anything that I didn't know the word for or anything that I would have, you know, struggled to get, she would have definitely helped me out. So that was a, a definitely a big part of my growing up mm-hmm. and learning the language. And then I suppose, you know, changing cultures and moving from one country to another, I suppose you had to be open minded, you had to embrace new things and new ways of doing things. Did that potentially then feed into that idea of even being a software engineer, you know, that idea of new ways of doing things, problem solving, like you mentioned earlier on? Yeah, I definitely think it fed into it. Um, Even the social interaction, I think I had to put myself out of my comfort zone, Mm -hmm. um, which is what I try to do on a daily basis, really, just to get, you know, chatting to people and especially the language barrier was definitely quite big but looking back at it now I don't actually remember not being able to speak uh, in a different language so that's a funny one If you're interested in learning more about life at Intel and being the first to hear about new roles at the company as they open up head on over to intel.ie forward slash podcast and sign up to the Intel Talent Network today So then let's talk a little bit about your first role at Intel. You're working on an open source project. Can you talk to people a little bit about that and give them information on it and and why it appealed to you? Yeah, so I initially joined as a cloud orchestration engineer and I started my first project was on, or I started working on OpenStack. And just to provide some kind of background information, um, that is an open source cloud computing platform. Mm Mm-hmm. And what appealed to me about it was the opportunity to work with people that I normally wouldn't get a chance to. So other software engineers from different companies, from different countries, and even other people that you'd also interact with in different roles, like you'd have the private users or contributors, and you'd also have the technical writers that would put together the documentation. And then all those strengths coming together, you know, that idea of a team, everybody feeding off each other's strengths. Do you think that's really important for an open source project? 
Definitely. I think with so many different people coming from different areas, uh, you get a really like wide range of talents. You get different skills. And with that comes, you know, or with that come different perspectives and of course, life experiences. And that will all f- feed into um, getting different ways of approaching the problem. Yeah. And, and that's so true, because I think for me, when I think of science and technology, I ultimately think about creativity and innovation and like, you know, changing our future for the better and, and improving processes and, and whether that's in, in business or in, in society. So I think whether you're a scientist or you're a software engineer, the fact that you were drawn to this career now shows that that creativity is inside you. And like that's immediately what I think when I think of that world of STEM as, oh, the innovation, their creativity, even the, the personality that has to come. Yes, there's the problem solving and yes, there's the being able to think in your feet and adapt but there's also this wonderful, as I said, that that ingenuity, I think, that comes from it. It's it's a brilliant thing to be able to have. Exactly. And even with the scale of the company, there are just so many options available to us. Uh, we do get, like within the team, we do get the opportunity to do our own innovation mm-hmm. at the very end of the sprint. So that's something that I'm really happy about. Wow. And, you know, like the... The site itself is a research and development site. Mm-hmm. So the projects always do change. So you do like, you know, you can work on something that you're passionate about. Like, for instance, um, I've gone from writing Python code to C code um, just this year. So that was a big change for me. And, you know, it's something that I'm proud of, really, that I kind of went for it. One common misconception or a myth around the world of software engineering. What would you love to like, what myth would you like to debunk when you think of software engineering? Well, I'd love to say that um, I suppose one myth is that it's um, it doesn't have many females in it, but mm-hmm. that's starting to change now. So I think although it is a traditionally male dominated field, um, when I look back on my team, um, it's pretty much a 50-50 split. So it's not really something that I think about on a daily basis. That's excellent. And as you said, I suppose now we're really encouraging women to get more into STEM and into that world. Talk to me a little bit about the importance of having that balance in STEM. Oh, I mean, with any field, it comes to um, it comes down to having diversity. Like diversity is always good, whether you're talking about nursing or primary school mm-hmm. teaching. But of course, with engineering um, specifically, it is quite important because I remember when I first started off, there were there was only two girls in my class, and that was you know that was a very small number um, in comparison to about you know twenty guys. But like currently, the numbers are starting to change, and I think the companies are putting in so much effort into making it like you know helping people out to decide that that is the path for them mm-hmm. there are so many scholarships available from a range of companies of course intel provides them to women in tech but that is a brilliant opportunity and it's not something that i that i was actually aware of when i first started out do you find often as well because you're somebody that you said loves trying new things and pushing themselves out of your comfort zone how then do you cope with the uncertainty or, you know, that sometimes that that fear that comes with learning something for the first time and maybe not being good at it and needing to work on it? How do you deal with that? Oh, preparation. I know everybody <laughs> always says that a thousand times. We've heard it all before, but preparation really is key. Um, I remember back going back to my college days um, when I was in first year, um, my very first presentation, I was so shy. I pretty much did the entire presentation with my um, back to the class. I literally <laughs> just kind of spoke to the wall. Oh, it was so embarrassing because we had a chance of, um, you know, be presenting. So it wasn't um, 100% me that was going to present. It was um, one in four. 
nowhere and for some reason I was very unfortunate to get picked <laughs> but of course I, I decided to go for it anyway but it wasn't no it definitely wasn't a very good experience for me and I think throughout my college career I decided to push myself and it was only when I joined Intel um, I realized that some people just seemed like they were naturally good at like speaking um, publicly they were just brilliant at it and I remember I asked one colleague um, what does he do and he said that he prepares for it he kind of imagines the audience in front of him um so let's say whether it's the morning of or the night before he basically just you know does the presentation um in an empty room and that way he's comfortable with what he was going to say um he actually another thing that is probably vital with um preparation is receiving feedback Mm -hmm. that's definitely very important so let's say if you were going to do a presentation, you can send it off to a colleague and just get their view on it. Just because, you know, just get different, uh, somebody else's perspective mm-hmm. will help you out a lot. You might not see something that's right in front of you. And it's that shared knowledge and that shared learning in a fun environment with people that you want to get to know what they do. To me, in some ways, I guess, technology is the most international of industries. Like it doesn't recognise international boundaries. It crosses language barriers and culture barriers. It's that global perspective, I think, that draws people in. Like what do you see as the positives of that global perspective of working in the industry? Yeah, it would probably come, like, I mean, we previously mentioned um, OpenStack, which was the open source project. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to just the different range of talents that everybody mm-hmm. is able to bring to the table. And that's, of course, ba- based on their life experiences. So you got so many different ways of approaching the problem. And, you know, that really encourages technical growth within the team. Um, because everybody's view is so different. So you can, you know, bounce ideas off each other. You can propose a different approach. And it, don't, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that someone has to be wrong. Like, you know, mm-hmm. in some cases, two ideas are right and mm-hmm. there are two different paths to explore. So really, the more ideas that are provided, the better, because you can, that gives you, you know, a range of options and, you know, a range of different paths that you can go through. Talk to us a little bit about the things that you miss now as part of your day-to-day role. So that would definitely have to be just um, bumping into people from other teams. It's so hard to reach out for some reason, you know, you interact with people that are within your own team mm-hmm. or, you know, the that are in the meetings that you're in as well. But, you know, there would have been people from other floors um, that you would have just bumped into and just chatted to for five seconds. And, you know, it really, mm-hmm. it really helped in that, like, you know, developing that relationship and it's just it's 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 a nice break um another thing that I really do miss um is my daily commute to work I know some people are probably happy not to have that that is not the thing I thought you'd say (laughs) tell me more I really do miss it yeah I think it did take me about 30 minutes but it was just such a nice way to relax you know you, you you just be thinking about other things as you're driving to work. It was just, I think some, I was chatting to somebody there in a meeting and um, they actually mentioned that they go on a little quick drive, just, you know, 10 minutes in the morning, just because they're so used to it and they've done it for so many years that it's just such a vital part of their morning. But that I think is really important. And as you said, it's something that people often underestimate, whether that you're listening to a podcast or the radio or maybe doing a little bit of mindfulness on, on your commute, that then when it's taken away from you, it's a part of your routine that's taken away. It's a habit that you've built up over so many months and years exactly and it's just 
it, it's a brilliant way of just getting your daily routine going. I remember I was struggling so much in the first lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, just I wasn't too sure what to do. You know, I tried, but of course we'd all just get up a little bit later because we were thinking, oh my gosh, I don't have to get up now mm-hmm. anymore. And then before you know it, you weren't just enjoying your day as much and you had to put an additional effort to meet up with friends and organise those Zoom quizzes and, you know, everything that we did in the first lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw a picture the other day on social media that basically said something along the lines of um, this lockdown, we're going to do everything that we wanted to do in the first one, but didn't get to. And I think that's so true for me. You know, during the first lockdown, I was kind of struggling and I was kind of getting used to it, really. But now with the second lockdown, I think now that I have a routine going, it's way easier. Um, Thinking back now, the one thing that I definitely do not miss about my morning routine was um, just struggling to find my badge for some reason. You know, of course, in order to get into the building, you need it. But I'd always place it either in my car, in my coat pocket or else, you know, somewhere on the counter in the house. And, you know, it's just the struggle of it. So, yeah, yeah. definitely don't miss that part. And when people think of of Intel, often people think of the scale of the operations or the complexity of the technology. And and I suppose you've so pointedly pointed out the relationships and the people. I suppose really the team behind the tech is what's important most. Yeah, that's exactly it. With with so many different teams, of course, we're split up into orgs as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm just thinking back now to two years ago um, when we had a colleague do a rotation from Poland. Mm-hmm. So he came over for, I think, a month. And at the time, he had a young baby girl. And of course, he missed his family a lot. And he told us all about them. And it was just a really nice experience to share while we were having a team dinner in mm-hmm. at Bunrati. And, you know, when he went back, one of my colleagues actually sent him a box of toys for his daughter. And I thought that was just a really nice personal touch. Um, It was he actually mentioned that or he in the note, he said that it was from all of us in our team. But um, it was just a really nice touch. You know, it just goes to show that it's not just about work relationships like the personal relationships matter just as much. And that's so important when you're cultivating that that culture within um, any organisation that it is the people connecting with each other. Yes, they have to connect in their various different roles, but just getting to know people and, and their lives and what they do and what they're passionate about. It, it is, it's a, it's a really nice way to connect people. So it's wonderful that you do those things just to bring everybody together. And as was speaking of people coming together then, I think, you know, for me, the world of STEM is so important and it plays such a vital role um, in our society and in business, like from a global point of view. What do we need to do to keep younger people interested in this area? I know we touched on it earlier on, but I would love to know what you think we can do to encourage more people to enter the world of STEM. Yeah, no, that's a very important question. I think we should definitely encourage them to take on the STEM subjects if they're offered in primary schools. Mm -hmm. And like thinking back to my childhood, I remember I didn't have the option to do either engineering or a tech class or a tech subject when mm-hmm. I was in primary school. So maybe offering those in an all girls school, that would definitely be to, the way to go. Um, I would definitely also encourage them to participate in events like, let's say, the many scientists like that's a competition mm-hmm. organized by Intel. And it's us. It's uh, like you know it's the day-to-day um engineers that do the judging of those projects oh, wow. so I think it's brilliant yeah I really enjoyed it um I got a chance to participate in it two years ago and I remember we went to a local school in Bunrati and the projects were brilliant I mean 
like, you know, you're thinking that it's primary school kids doing those projects. So it's going to be, you know, a, a volcano or something like that. But it's mad. The stuff they came up with. Yeah, just thinking back to one specifically, uh, it was a group of about three girls and they put together an alternative to cling film. So it was actually made out of beeswax wrapper and it was brilliant. I mean, like they even gave us samples to um, kind of like, you know, take home. And mm-hmm. I think I used like, yeah, like it was just very well put together. You'd never think that like um, a group of primary school kids would be able to um, just think of that and just like take the concept and apply it to our daily lives. Yeah, and sometimes, as you said, we underestimate that creativity that's in younger people, but to harness it and to let them know that there is a career where they can actually use that every single day and be innovative and, and, and make up new inventions and, and be kind of like change makers in society. It's it's wonderful for them to know that and I think to put it out there and let them know that those careers are there. And I know we probably have graduates listening as well or maybe people at this time that are thinking of making career changes and they're trying to think about the skills that they have and see well, where can I use them in different aspects of, of, of life and, and, and the world of work. For you, what do you think is um, a bit of advice that you would like to share with people that are maybe looking to enter the world of STEM or software engineering perhaps? Oh, I'm so happy that you mentioned that, Anna. Like, that's a brilliant question. Um, When it comes to that, I think when I was growing up, I wasn't aware of the amount of events that are on around me. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I know yearly they have an engineer's week and that's been going on for the last however many years. And, you know, in terms of that, you have different events like Limerick for Engineering, where you can actually go to, um, it's a similar concept to a careers fair, but you get engineers from different companies and you also get... um, students from colleges as well that are you know that have stands and you can ask them so many questions so anything that you're thinking of doing you know they're always going to be there to help you out so it's it's something that everybody should always explore and there are just so many of the local events that are going on it's not necessarily um or it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go up to Dublin um to do that like there's a lot of events on in your local area that you know if people have a look they'll definitely find them. That's brilliant. And it's brilliant advice to give to people just knowing that there are ways. Just explore this world to dip your toe in to see if the world of STEM or software engineering or technology is for them. What I would like to ask you is we're living in a time now where everybody's having to adapt and pivot and and change what they do on their day to day lives. But in starting work for you, what do you think now looking back was more difficult? Going from school into college or potentially going from college into the world of work? Oh, even thinking about that previous question, definitely going from um, uh, from school into college, without a doubt. It's just such, you know, I think you can even say it yourself that um, when you were doing the leaving cert, mm-hmm. it's just such a huge choice that you have to make to choose your degree for the next however many years of your life. You feel like you're choosing your the path that you're going mm-hmm. to go on. Whereas, you know, in comparison, going from college to work, um, we did have placement as part of our degree. So that was something that we are already kind of used to. And yeah, in comparison, yeah, the leaving cert is definitely the hardest mm-hmm. path, the, the hardest year that anyone is going to experience. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, nothing compares. <laughs> okay. What I would love to ask you is just what areas of your, even in your job right now, or maybe in, in the world of, of STEM and software engineering that you're curious about, what would you love to learn more about? Um, yeah, so thinking about that now, 
I would have to say technical marketing. Mm. Um, it's not something that I would have been aware of um, when I was in college, but only since starting at Intel, I realized that that's a path available to us. Mm. And yeah, it's something that I'd like, I'd like to explore maybe in a while. Yeah, maybe <laughs> not currently, but I think I'll, I'm getting there. <laughs> a little bit of a long-term goal. It's always good to have one of those goals in the back of our minds. That's a really good thing. And what I would love to ask you is, say Intel offered you the choice of any job anywhere in the organisation, what do you think you choose to do? Well, based on the previous answer, I'd say I'd go with a technical marketing position. Wow. But adding on to the location of the job as well, I think <laughs> right now it's so cold outside. I'm just <laughs> thinking of, um, you know, a really nice warm country. I know we've always had... Um, uh, visitors from other countries, from America, let's say, and they always complain about their really hot summers. And I'm here thinking like, give me a really nice summer, please. <laughs> Although we were very lucky this year, yeah. so I can't complain too much. And if you weren't in the world of software engineering, like, and, and it could be any other career choice, what do you think you would be doing? That's a really, yeah, that's a funny question. I've never actually considered that. I mean management or commerce I've always been into the kind of businessy slash STEM subjects mm -hmm. so I don't think I would have ever seen myself as a uh, as a radio person of course mm -hmm. or you know an English teacher but um, yeah those are kind of the paths that I was exploring so it just goes to show that you know your interests can definitely change whatever you were thinking of um, at the start of secondary school mm -hmm. might not necessarily be what you put down on your CEO form so it definitely does change, but I'm I'm definitely happy. I'm so happy that I stuck with it. It was definitely hard in the first few months that I was at college, but it's so rewarding getting that degree, saying that you're an engineer and, you know, just going on to work in a global company that's so well known. It's, oh, it's a brilliant experience. And, you know, I think my family is so proud of me for, for getting through it and, you know, just getting that reward then. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time today to give us such an honest and open account. It is very clear that you're very passionate about what you do. Um, and thank you so much for everything that you do to help change the world that we currently live in. So stay oh, doing what thanks, you do and, and stay being great. And thank you so much for coming out today. Oh, and thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. My thanks to Sarah for sharing her thoughts and experiences. You've been listening to the Intel Insider with me, Anna Geary. If you'd like to find out more, don't forget to sign up to the Intel Talent Network at intel.ie forward slash podcast or check out the link in the description. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Stay safe and tune in again soon.